Welcome to Bedknobs Room Flicks, the podcast that talks about witches, man witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and just about everything. We also talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals, as our favorite familiars, and witches in history. Sorry, this show will include spoilers, you've been warned, but not much spoilers. This is more the warning of, this is going to be very, very local. <laughs> very local. <laughs> We're doing a mini-show today, because... Um, I, Jane, hi, my name is Jane, and I'm not going to have a really snazzy little intro. I'm just going to call myself Jane for now. Jane the Merciless. Sure. <laughs> Jane the Snark <laughs> at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, I was ready to snark on that person, but that's either here yes, or there. Yeah. <laughs> and you are? Oh, I'm Linda, but um, I'm a sad cheese. <laughs> are you sad because you missed out? Yes. Yes. So, um, Linda, my body is the temple of doom. Yeah. Well, you're not missing out on the next one. I will drag your dead corpse to the to. Oh no, I am not missing that. Like, I don't care what's going on. I'm I'm going. Like I said, the worst that could happen is it's a bad production, and we just go home and I introduce you to the Langel Lansbury version of Sweeney Todd. But anyways, before that, uh, we were going to go and see um, Into the Woods together, performed at the Fifth Ave in Seattle. It's a lovely little theater, um, has a lot of um, really cool sort of like um, like old-style artistic um uh, carvings and creations. It's just really beautiful. It's really quaint. It's uh, smaller than mm-hmm. our other major theater, but the Paramount. But they did a production of Into the Woods, and I got to go and see it. And because Linda was sick, I took my mom because she was my first. She's the first person who went to theater with me. So obviously, her mom's like, cool. I, <laughs> hey, she, I, <laughs> <say that. laughs> I mean, she was. She actually introduced me to Lame as Rob. Like, that was my first musical experience, and she introduced me to Lame as Rob. So if you want to really go back in history, which we're also going to see, which I will also make sure to drag you to, because even though I've seen it a couple times, you should see how they produce it. It's pretty cool. But like I said, this is going to be so, so local. And I figured that because, um, you know, we did, we've already done Into the Woods. We've, uh, you know, we've obviously did the staged, the original staged version, which was amazing. And we did the bleh. James Corden version. <laughs> okay, Carlo was just telling me last night that apparently he's like this real asshole in real life. And I was thinking... Just last night? Me, like, Some yeah, of us have known this for ages. <laughs> I, I was saying, like, I think Jane was saying something about that. <laughs> like, oh. He just, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would be a real asshole. Like, especially if um, my first uh, experience with him was in Doctor Who where he was Stormageddon's father and he was just kind of lovable in that and amazing. But I, I just, I don't know. He's one of those guys that it's hard to picture him being an asshole, but I've, uh, I've heard that he is a real fucking asshole. Remember how everybody loved Ellen. (laughs) Remember how everybody loved (laughs) Ellen. And then people came out and said, Oh, by the way, this is how she treats us when the cameras are off. Yes. (laughs) They're not and how everybody loved Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, do, you, do we? I mean, we could take a pause. You want to go down the list? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like Bill Cosby broke me because, like, after after like my the TV dad I grew up with turning out to be like, there's not even a word I can come up with for him. 
it, it's just like who the fuck else like who who else out there is like really an asshole that i think is just probably a, an amazingly nice guy like um this stuff came out with chris hardwick i don't know if it's true or not but like it's just keep it keeps going and i'm like who the hell can you trust now <laughs> is there such a thing as like nice people are we gonna find out that tom hanks is like the secret monster i don't know <laughs> I I mean, I, I was going to say, it's like, well, I think Tom Hanks has what Christopher Titus says, enough asshole credits, um, you know, built up that if he punched a nun, we'd wonder what the hell did the nun do to Tom Hanks. That's a Christopher Titus That's joke. So I'm just like, yep, there's enough asshole credits that he's built up that it's like, yeah, he's he's good. You know, between him That's and Mr. Rogers, true. he's he's good. <laughs> there's They have enough asshole credits built up, you know, to, you know, commit heinous crimes. You'd be like... That person must have deserved it. Anyways. <laughs> kind of like with Paul Rudd, too. I mean, I, I was going to say, he's like, you know, first off, Linda, don't trust what you see on TV would be my <laughs> statement. You're like, how are we going to know? It's like, well, they're performers. <laughs> so that. I'm just going to be really sad if I find out that, like, that Paul Rudd, Tom Hanks, or, um, like, Elizabeth Banks are secretly assholes. It's just like, no, I'm done. I think this goes into the line of just don't meet your heroes. <laughs> so, anyway. Oh my God, I would be broken if like somebody found out that, that Steve Martin was like a monster. <laughs> I'd be like, no, nothing is right in this world anymore. <laughs> like, Linda has done. this list of people that you're, that um, hopefully you never find out darkness about them. Yeah. <laughs> like, Steve Martin is not allowed to be an asshole. <laughs> Anyways, well, no, he's not allowed to be a monster. Yes, he could be an asshole if he wants. But I anyways, think people sorry. are allowed to be assholes every so often. Yes. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so we're going to be very, very uh, local about this because this is the Seattle production. It's the mostly the traveling production of Into the Woods, and um, first off, uh, very different. This. Um, well, first, I'm going to say something again. Not just about the Fifth Ave Theater; it's really pretty. But uh, for future reference. We were told, my mom and I, about this lovely restaurant on top of the theater, like eight stories up. And they, huh? yeah, oh, yes, lovely restaurant. I'm going to take you there. Um, and we can have like a bite to eat and there's Dang. booze. You have to understand, I've been pregnant for, you know, nine months and most time I don't drink, but I had the night off. So guess what? <laughs> well, I found out that I could have bourbon um, on the keto diet and it has no, no uh, net grams of uh, carbs. So then yeah. there you are. We know what you're we'll getting. Drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that was like my, our fun little discovery. We we're really happy about that because originally we hadn't intended to do anything. And really, really cool. Um, just before we got into the doors, there was a owl perched outside the theater on top of the rafters just outside what? the doors. A real life. Yeah, a real life owl. Like at first people like were stuck, like a whole bunch of people were blocking. And I was like the f mm -hmm. people get the hell in that's the store was gonna start and then i look i was like holy shit that's a real live owl <laughs> <laughs> so it was very magical to start out that's with so, cool. so there's um a couple things um this the production of course obviously people change productions it's sort of like how when um you know they stopped doing um like Shakespearean plays. You can do Shakespearean plays in the old, you know, um, 15th, 16th, you know, um, hundred sort of era of dress and costume. Or you can set, um, I think I saw um, Merchant of Venice set in the 1920s. 
Like that was mm-hmm. kind of like the setting. Um, or even like the, maybe the best example would be Romeo and Juliet, um, the That's movie version set, you know, in a very um artistic i don't know what the best word is i I don't know if artistic is the right word i mean i i enjoyed it and i think it was a good introduction to give to teenagers of romeo and juliet um to help them understand like what the heck is going on i remember having that conversation with my dad because my dad was um like uh, one of those those people had been brainwashed by fox news because like watching it 24 7 Mm -hmm. and i remember he was complaining about it and like oh they're you know, Shakespeare would be rolling in his grave, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, look at it this way. Um, it's getting a lot of people my age, because I was in high school at the time, like, it's getting a lot of people my age interested in it. Yeah. And, like, they know what the hell it, it's all about, what's going on. And it's the same thing with, with Hamilton, because he was just like, oh, God, kind of rolling his eyes at Hamilton. And I was like, okay, Dad, when I saw it in, um, at fifth avenue too and so when i saw it there um there was a little girl there who was so excited because she was in front of me for the merch line and she was so excited because she bought this book about hamilton like the real life hamilton and i was like what other show is doing that right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was like what when's the last time you heard of a play doing that or musical like getting somebody interested in American history like that. Yeah. And it's, and, and not saying that into that into the woods in this case is doing that, this production of it, but they're not, they're not, there's no period costumes. Most of the costuming, um, like for the baker and his wife, they were, they were in jeans. They were in like jeans and a shirt, you know, basically like nice, like tunics It's very like, and I say like maybe like 1990s, like, um, hmm. because like the, uh, Cinderella sisters were, um, they so reminded me of, uh, Cher from Clueless that, um, <laughs> that frenemy that she had, I can't remember her goddamn name. I think it was like Amber or something, mm-hmm. but like it, their costumes made me think of that. It was like very like those like tweed plaid looking jackets, very ballsy, like the stepsisters and the, uh, stepmother all had like that sort of um feel like 70s like 70s disco to about 90s very colorful very um yeah it was it's very very different and here's the other thing that's really different is um and this was something that both my mom and i agreed was a little bit off-putting was um fluorescent lights or like um not like, like um, I'm trying to think of what they're called, but neon lights. That's what it is. Neon lights were used to represent certain things. So, um, like the trees, instead of like actual like built trees, they use these um, almost kind of like like sort of like the bridges they use in Hamilton would be a best example where their staircase is going up, they connect, and then they go down in other sections. Mm-hmm. So that's how they did like climbing things and everything else. But if they wanted to indicate the forest, they would put um, neon lights on in the back. And then there'd be like neon lights that would sometimes come down and light it up. So it was very like that was kind of like their idea instead of creating these huge monstrous wood sets. Like the houses weren't um, like the houses of Cinderella and the baker and uh, Jack that you see in the very beginning weren't like built like little like shacks or like those backgrounds or anything. They mm-hmm. just had like it was kind of cute in the opening of um, like for you see each of the houses uh cinderella's house had like um i think it was uh 
like a little um like princess uh, not like a princess crown but like um like you know cleaning because she's cleaning the baker had like a little loaf of bread as a neon light above them and Jack had like a poor like sack basically because I don't know how to describe it because you know it's basically to represent that they were poor and then when seeing when I'm like looking at the pictures right now yeah and then when act two comes about it's changed Cinderella has her crown because she's become you know the queen the princess on the bakers have like a little pacifier above it because they've had like their baby and um Jax has um like a sack of money <laughs> so you know so they they in they instead of like you know building these big elaborate sets they use these neon lights to represent certain things and certain scenery mm-hmm. and it was okay at times sometimes it got a little too bright um a little too harsh um but it wasn't like so um overbearing so that was that's one of the biggest change obviously costuming was also a big change uh Cinderella had very like almost like um imagine like hand sewn with different patches uh dress and um the princes were wearing like almost like zoot suits like oh. <laughs> yeah like um like not with the big shoulder pads but they had like a red and blue like um like uh Cinderella's prince had like this red like suit and everything and you know black uh sh- undershirt and everything and stuff and uh Rapunzel's prince had like you know, like blue and uh like um not like white but yeah it was it was a very different sort of feel so they were wearing like you know basic like um like colorful suits and my favorite costuming and it's only because in my head while he was singing I was kind of humming to myself this was um Cinderella's prince also plays the part of the wolf uh for Little Red Riding Hood and um, he, the, so instead of like giving him a full wolf costume, he's wearing like a fur coat and he has like different like, um, but the way like his hair was slicked back, the fur coat and his makeup, the way they did just for the wolf, because they, they changed it once he got into his prince costume. He seriously looked like Nightman, like the opposing <laughs> side. I was talking I was to myself, day man. I was I couldn't get it out of my head when I saw him. I was like I was like I'm I'm trying to like in my head out that's all I was singing to myself going like Damn Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, no. I'm looking at the pictures, and um, (laughs) there's actually a review from, uh, was it a North, Northwest uh, uh, Theater that calls it uh, Into the, Into the Neon. (laughs) Yes, Neon is, is definitely that. Um, yeah, that would, like I said, that would be a really good description of it. And it's, it wasn't bad. Like that was, like I said, the the thing that we'd probably complain about the most that my mom and I had the, uh, biggest issue about was that sometimes it just felt way too harsh. Um, but I mean, the mm-hmm. cast was great and here's, here's the amazing thing about the cast. First off, and, um, I, I think. I think that we should that this is something that we need to see more of is this was an insanely diverse cast. Uh Cinderella was a um played by a black woman um of size and um uh so and so was uh Jack's mother and uh this you know both of the princes where they were mixed it was so diverse. 
I'm looking at the picture and this is, yeah, that's like, I, I love uh, the, the look of the woman that they cast as Cinderella. Yeah. And, is and she... um, I'm seeing somebody else, maybe Jack's mom, who's like, who's a, a bigger yeah, woman no, I... of color. Yeah, and there are other like uh, one of Cinderella's uh, stepsisters, and so it it's such a huge. And the reason I mention this, obviously, is because it's such a huge step away from obviously the original production, where it was um, very mm-hmm. white. Um, yeah. very, <laughs> like like blindingly so. Well, and the witch was played by this really like gorgeous black woman. Like when she got to have the um the change from like being the crone to like you know the goddess, she gets a really awesome awesome costume um afterwards hmm. and um yeah like i said and it's also again it's the you know both sides um both the men and the women is just a very diverse cast and this is something that unless there's like a need for it to be a somebody of a particular um race or gender this it's fine to do this type it's we can expand our minds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay like i i was thinking about this um is you know, there are only a select few plays that I or in musicals I can think off the top of my head where the race or the gender of the character really matters. And the first one that comes to mind is Hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. You know why? Others are like, say, Book of Mormon, um, Dream mm-hmm. Girls. You know, there's certain things where, you know, it it's part of the story is you know about the race or the sex like you know hairspray best example not only do you need to cast you know black people to play the students of the 1960s civil rights era because that makes sense but tracy mm. turnbull also has to be a short girl of size because that is her story her story is overcoming the fact that she's surrounded by these tall you know skinny blonde chicks and mm-hmm. you know so it's that's so those are the exceptions but into the woods it's like there's there's nothing that's you know stopping anybody from casting you know anybody of any you know gender or um race to play these parts it's fine i know when um they put the character domino in um in deadpool uh, people were asking um oh god no i'm going to totally uh, blank on her name and it sucks because I love her uh, she was she was doing the, uh, probably the longest run of Domino uh, for Marvel and oh god that's going to bother the hell out of me don't but, worry um, I'm getting the name for you right now because I am just you. in general <laughs> bad at names but uh, and I met her in real Zazie, person and she is Zazie Beats. Hmm? Zazie Beats. no 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 not her Deadpool you said Deadpool um, too right no, uh, oh yeah, no, I'm not talking about the, the woman who acts, uh, the actor, but I'm talking about the, the woman who created Gail Simone. Oh, okay, um, I thought you were talking about the actress. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no. Uh, She's amazing, though. Um, but anyway, people were, were asking her, like, well, aren't you bothered? Like, doesn't it bother you that they made, they, like, changed your character and made it into a black woman? And she's like, okay, first of all, she's not my character and like she's not your character either we don't own her and like i and she was basically saying she did a lovely job and who the hell cares what what race she is and uh people of course were 
these are the same assholes, uh, the neckbeards that are complaining about uh, about the Little Mermaid. I was going to say, black. the Little Mermaid is probably the current best example we have of this, even though. So fucking stupid. But they were saying, like, well, it would be a different story if we made, we turned a black character into a white character. Um, if it has to do with their character, like who they are, then yeah, it's something different. <laughs> I mean, is, is the, if you take a character who's like the very being of their character is being a racist and learning a valuable lesson about race or some shit like that, then yeah, you, you can't turn them from white to black, but like, I just, I just think it's so goddamn stupid that people spend their time worrying about like people of color playing what's been traditionally a white character. Like, yeah, every fucking character's been white, you guys. Like, this is the problem. <laughs> but uh, personally, I I feel like Domino did an amazing job. So it's it and like. I know you and I were both involved with theater and I I remember auditioning for uh, a community play um this community theater and I I I had really bad stage fright and I I mean I still do but uh it's it, like my close very close personal friends could hear me sing and I I promised my um my best friend at the time uh that i would make myself get over my stage fright and audition if i ever saw um an audition open up for um little shop of horrors uh for audrey or uh lola and damn yankees and like us kicking myself in the ass because she she um called me and she's like guess what they're auditioning for <laughs> it was it's for a little shop of horse so it's like ah son of a bitch and um i kind of beefed it because uh turns out i can't dance um <laughs> <laughs> but they they were seriously thinking about um about casting me as one of the um i don't know what i don't know what they're characters were called like like the doo-wop girls who sing like in the back Audrey too oh okay yeah and um I'm like uh no (laughs) 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 there was like one black girl who auditioned and they were like no you got it don't worry about it and like this is sad like (laughs) the state of things that like all these white people are here auditioning for the, you know, the, this play, but it's, it's, you know, we're so hard up for, for black, uh, actors that <laughs> it's like, just come in and we'll give you a part. <laughs> it's like, you, you certainly would not be seeing a raisin in the sun, um, <laughs> in that community theater, but it's, like it shows like this that uh that just go to show like no there are black actors like <laughs> you just have to cast make them it. yes <laughs> i say yes, cast them would be the thing yeah and make it an interesting place to like something that they would want to audition for yeah it's we're not all white nerds <laughs> 
Try not to be. But, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's that's something that I really wanted to drive home that I was really just, it was delight because, you know, they all brought, like, their own, you know, um, personalities. Like, you know, Cinderella was incredibly uh, charming. The actress who played Cinderella, uh, Jack came went back to, as I keep saying, Jack needs to be played by an adult male that or else mom looks really abusive. But even then, like... Um, <laughs> But even then, like it, she, in this case, like mom never hit Jack. Like she just sat there. Like she did the best. Mm-hmm. Like she had that frustration. Like there's parents out here who knows that frustration noise when you just like can't get through to your child. You just go. Argh! I was like, I feel you. I am. I am one with you right now. <laughs> in that sound, that sound alone. <laughs> I was like, yes, you and I, kindred spirits. <laughs> so. And honestly, the 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 breakout of like the MVP of this whole entire show was honestly the narrator, um, because what they did was um, the narrator basically played some of the quote unquote smaller parts as well. So uh, the narrator, yeah, it seems like they always do that, and I for good for good reason. Well, I mean, in the original production, they had somebody cast as Cinderella's father, and they also had somebody cast as, like, doing the voice of um, the giant uh, uh, playing. I'm trying to remember all the different parts that the narrator, um, played by a woman, by the way, um, did. Oh, Cinderella's mother and also um, the baker's father. So she Ooh. she covered all this, and she sang each of those parts as well. So she sang... Um, you know Cinderella mother's tree thing that she has when Cinderella goes to mm-hmm. pray in front of the tree and she would just kind of change certain aspects of her outfit which is a basic like loose um jacket suit and everything and um like I said she just alters some stuff and she would become that character and it was never jarring it was it was it flowed really well you just understood like that's this is what's happening you know like she's just playing all these parts and so it's so it's just she stood out as this huge MVP because she had these uh, major, you know, duet, usually singing roles with some of the other major characters, and she just carried it off flawlessly. So it was it was nice, and I mean, even when at the end when they all came to take a bow, there was no, um, there was none of that, like you know, oh, this is the most like the lower level character, the low level, the you know, like um, <laughs> the smaller characters come out first and bow, like all of them bowed together. It was kind of nice. Like they didn't have separate bows and everything. So it was all like equal footing. Um, So that was like I said, it's 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 not like I I still there's a part of me that still has a a soft spot for the original production um, only because the the neon lights. It's really hard to get past that. (laughs) Like like, (laughs) they kept all the costuming, they could kept everything else, but man, like it's just as from sensory issues, it's like, whoa, that's, that was a lot. That was a lot. And even my mom, who doesn't have sensory issues, she was like, yeah, that was, that was a little bit too much. (laughs) So a little bright. Um, but you know, it's, it, it was, it was really good. It was nice to see it performed, um, on stage and like i said they everybody did such an amazing job and um you know like it's you know the things they changed like i think um milky white the cow was also probably (laughs) a standout character strangely enough it's it's just like a a statue um or like a like maybe like waist high um 
like kind of like wooden cow that also kind of like has light up features. So like again, neon. Too much. Lots of neon. <laughs> I have to include pictures because I'm I'm looking through them now. Yeah. Well, the best part was when Melky White dies, and um, I'm trying to remember if it was uh the narrator came out and just like pull like an X where its eye would be and just like pulled <laughs> like its tongue down out of like the fake wooden mouth. It's like bleh. <laughs> it's just it was so silly. It was so funny. Nice. The only. Uh, where audience even other audience members laughed where it, it's it was an unintentional laugh was um when the steward kills jack's mom hits her over the head and she's like you know lying mm. there and she's died um in order to get her off the stage and it doesn't seem right the, the baker and um one of the other i can't remember who the other male characters whichever one it was just drag her off stage <laughs> It's like so so unceremoniously. It's like this uh this could have gone better. <laughs> I thought that could have been executed a little bit differently. I'm just I'm not saying you need to leave her dead corpse there to like the lights go dark a little bit, but you know, something something could have done better. I'm really sad that I missed it. Yeah, no, it was like I said, there's a lot there's a lot of um there's like it, it it was really good and it was great to go out and just have like I mean again maybe I'm speaking as somebody who has um you know been on medical leave with a baby and also every night's basically spent at home with you know my family not that I hate my family I'm not you know most of the time I <laughs> most of them I do like to be at home with my family you know I'd rather be here with them than you know going out doing other things but you know it's just nice to get out and it was worth getting out to like i'm i'm always mm -hmm. fearful that like somebody's going to really just mess up a production of something and i'm just gonna walk away going like wow i i i could have spent time at home just watching a movie with my <laughs> husband and i would have been okay <laughs> you know, so, as i've seen some of those productions i'm not gonna name them but it's like it's you know, you're just sort of like well uh i yeah, at least I got booze. It was kind of like the ending result of some of those plays. It's like, eh, it's not as good as I was hoping it was going to be. <laughs> so, as I am, I, I'm, I may be overly hyping Sweeney Todd, but it's just one of my favorites. And, and it may be that, you know, maybe Angela Lansbury really sells it, though the first time I saw it was actually performed at a college, you know, by the college theater. And I loved it. I fell in love with it there. So... Huh. You know, I, I, it to me, it has a lot going for it, and if you do it right, obviously, um, it's an incredibly good musical. And this one was too; it was great. And um, you know, they have, you know, they hit most of the, they hit a good amount of the humor cues. Agony was very well performed, <laughs> both both versions of it. Uh, they cut out having a Cinderella or Snow White character at the end. So I think that mm -hmm. unless you've seen it or you know kind of the joke on like I mean you could kind of pick up that yeah they're pining over Sleeping Beauty and Snow White. But um that ending line they have where they say the uh harder to wake the better to have. Um <laughs> They, uh, you know, they come out with um, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty in the original version. This one, they're just standing mm -hmm. next to each other. And and the two of them, the, the two princes, are just funny. Like, you know, they are, they are obviously the epitome of, you know, cowards. 
you know, so it's, you know, it's like we're charming, but yeah, the man the giant shows up is like, yes, totally go take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you would have enjoyed the um, back and forth when they're talking about uh, Snow White's uh, dwarfs and his thing about pricking himself on thorns <laughs> with blood. It's that was funny because he, he says, because I, I how I remember it is he says in such a high pitch voice, like dwarfs are very upsetting. And I just was like <laughs> lost it. I was like, <laughs> I, you love that line. I know. Dwarves <laughs> are very upsetting. Yeah, he doesn't sing it this time. He just makes it going like, hey, hey, they upset me. You know, I was like, that's a good way of delivering that. Actually, I like that. He's like, he's like, he's oh. there with them going like, you're upsetting me. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and again, it's I I cannot get over um you know, Nightman, um playing the wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. And you've got um uh, let's see, I'm trying to think um right now if I haven't missed any characters. Um, obviously Rapunzel is um she has her nice little flighty sort of um persona. Um, and she's, she definitely does eat up the whole entire, like, you know, traumatized child thing, especially when the prince goes like, ah, yes, there's Rapunzel, my wife. (laughs) 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 And of course, Little Red Riding Hood is just, you know, she's again played with, you know, somebody who's clearly got, you know, back again to being adults versus the movie version where they again ca- where they cast children. So now you mm-hmm. no longer have that creepy factor by the way from the movie when you cast oh, children God. you play the wolf singing to a child. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Ugh. creepy. Yeah, versus like yeah, no this is an adult woman, you know, it, and it it gets back that original Little Red Riding Hood tale of no, this is a moral tale. This is about, you know, don't trust <laughs> these people. And, like, don't mm-hmm. trust strangers. You know, it's it, it builds back to that idea. And, yeah, she's just as full of that. Um, she reminded me of um, my kid, uh, the kid who lives next door to my parents who my kid plays with. Uh, she has just as much, like, spunk and outgoingness where she's just like, oh, yeah, you mess with me and I'll cut you. <laughs> and I'm like, you are way too young to be thinking this. But that was basically her. She's like... It's like, yeah, my grand we made this really great um jacket, this cloak for this wolfskin cloak for me and gave me this knife. <laughs> it was like, holy hell. <laughs> I'm like I'm like that that that's that little girl next door as an adult later as a teenager later on. <laughs> I <do> love that. <laughs> on, yeah. So it's again, this is a lovely production. My only complaint is obviously just the 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 neonness. <laughs> just, too much neon <laughs> so yeah that's um that's my review i mean it was great i mean i'm not saying it's like a if you ever did like give it a rating i'd say it's a nice like th- uh you know like three out of four um I thought you were going to say out of 10. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, what? They give like, like what, either between like, it's either like a four star rating or a five star rating. I'm going to do three out of four. Mm. It was good. You I mean, like, it was lovely. Um, like I said, there's um, my MVP, honestly, of that whole entire show, like how we had on um, uh, the Baker's wife of the original production as the MVP. Um, to me, it was the narrator because she just had to cover so much different ground and uh, so much so many different characters because she also did the voice of the giant and yeah, she was just everywhere so it was wow yeah that's why i was like damn like there's range and there's a lot of talent there 
Um, busy. So, oh, yeah. Very, very busy. And um, after that, I'd say, like, my favorite part is um, I, I love the um, witch before she became beautiful because she also had just, like, just the way that she just covered the stage um, it was just great. <laughs> like just because, you know, she's trying to obviously get, um, all the stuff so she can become beautiful again, but man, she, <laughs> she had a force behind her. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> anyway. Ooh. So it's, um, uh, yeah, like I said, I'd say like three out of four, um, I could do less with neon lights. Um, but costume was great. Um, all of it was just absolutely lovely. So, and, just amazing. Oh, I forgot one other thing because I just remembered this. Um, so the scene where their prince is going around trying to find the uh, slipper that fits. Um, mm-hmm. Again, they did very minimal staging, minimal set building, minimal costumes. Um, the prince comes in on a uh, toy wooden horse. <laughs> I was half expecting his steward to come behind him with coconuts. Like that was like I was like, this works. <laughs> This works just fine. <laughs> he literally trotted up with the wooden horse between us. And then, like, when the the um, the um stepsisters had to, like, get on the horse, they kind of, like, straddled the stick behind him, like, held onto his shoulders, like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> and just kind of hobbled along on the horse until, like, he got kicked off, you know? Oh, that's awesome. I know. It was just, <laughs> I was like, whoa, Monty Python page right there. <laughs> So yeah, no, that's that's basically it. That's my review. Um, hopefully next time Linda can come to Sweeney Todd. We probably won't actually cover that because no witches mm-hmm. in there, just an awesome musical. And uh obviously no witches in Lame is Rob, just an awesome musical. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, uh obviously Fifth Avenue is doing a um like uh was it a tribute, I guess, to Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we got tickets for it. We're pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited and we're going to stay healthy, right? Dude, like, I don't know what it is. I just don't. like, since the beginning of 2023, like, my sinuses have just been like, fuck you. I just assume <laughs> that you're just trying to avoid me and you're just like, how do I get oh, out of this? Obviously. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> you're just like, I have Jane anxiety. Anytime I think of Jane, it's like, <sighs> well um like i i am literally uh tonight was my last night of my third uh what do you call it like a cycle of antibiotics Mm -hmm. in 2023 and we're two months in (laughs) i i don't know what the hell's going on but it's it's not cool I don't know. I'm hoping it's just the cold weather or some shit like that. But Hopefully, because, um, yeah, that's that's a lot to take in. Antibiotics are not fun to be on in general, so, ick. No. Uh, it was also fun because I was on two different antibiotics and steroids at the same time. <laughs> I was like, oh, this would be fun. <laughs> Let's see how they oh. fight it out with each other. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> but, um, Luckily, I'm starting to feel better, but it's just like every time I would start to feel better, like something would come back. Like I think it started with a sinus and ear infection, and then uh, then it was a sinus infection. Then it was a sinus infection that was going into my like my lungs, and I'm just 
like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm finished with this crap. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but hopefully I'm just getting it all out of the way. And 2023, the rest of it's just going to be. Yeah, everything, everything will be <laughs> smooth sailing. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I know. I, I know how silly that is. Um, <laughs> with my body, no. Uh, it is a wonderland. Uh, it's just not going to be. It's not going to be great. I mean, usually when people refer to their uh, to things as a wonderland, it's usually a positive thing. Yours is, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, as the wombats have said, uh, my my body is the temple of doom. Um, <laughs> there's just no way around it. But I I don't care. Like I will uh, resurrect my corpse if I need to to go see Sweetie Todd because I haven't seen it live. And uh, the only version I've seen is the um, Johnny Depp uh, Tim Burton version. One. Yeah, which yeah. you're gonna um, you're gonna have thoughts about that one after you see the real version. Let's put it that way. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think we should can wrap the, should wrap this up. I do have baby to get back to and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so uh, hope y'all enjoyed. Now we've uh, done a little more to triangulate our location. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not near Seattle, even though it's near, like this is the nearest theater to me. <laughs> so, but yeah, try so, to uh, find me. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> try. Don't do that. <laughs> I know. I'm asking for that. <laughs> So please, please listen, subscribe, rate, and review Bed Nubs and Broom Flicks on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. And also, uh, while you're at it, if you're enjoying uh, Bed Nubs and Broom Flicks, please help get the word out by telling your friends, your coworkers, your enemies. I don't care. Um, <laughs> we'll accept any of them. And they might uh, all like us. Who knows? Maybe you'll have something in common. No. You'll form a you form a peace offering, and then suddenly you'll have something to talk about, and then you'll fight over who's better, and then you'll become enemies again. You know, I'm <laughs> I've written your story. It's okay, but go do that. Act it out. See what happens. It'll be fun. <laughs> now it's larping. <laughs> Remember, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, uh, especially on Twitter at Broomflix. You can write to us at broomflicks at gmail.com and uh, check out our show at bedknobsandbroomflicks.com. Uh, there you can also check out Videorama, the short-lived show uh, podcast I was in, and uh, Cage's Kiss, which we're back. Um, I'm sorry, I meant <clears throat> we're back, baby! Uh, last but not least, if you'd like to help support us and a local bookstore while purchasing a book or movie, please purchase through our affiliate page at bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash broomflix. That's B-R-O-O-M-F-L-I-C-K-S. Um, so yeah, as I said, we're back with Cage's Kiss. So yay. And I just did a couple voices for, um, for a damn good new show called Hard No. It's hard uh, no as in K-N-O-W. And, uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun, so check it out. Uh, Jane, where can the people find you? You know they'll never find me. Never, <laughs> ever, ever find me. I dare oh, you. Titty. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it is. It's just, it's a lot of mama titty. It's my life right now. 
accounting and mama titty. <laughs> so I'd like to thank Doug Walters and Redwire Blackwire for allowing so us to use exciting. their song Compass. Nobody will get that. Oh, dear God. Anyways, yes. And the next episode, we will conclude with the the 10th Kingdom. Linda's already watched the last episode. I know what the last episode contains. I just haven't watched it yet. So I can't wait to talk about it. Linda has thoughts. (laughs) I don't blame her. I need to get it out. Oh, yes. (laughs) Finish it. And then we'll talk about what we're going to do next time. But yes, we're going to conclude the 10th kingdom and uh, how well it aged, how perfectly well, like a, <laughs> like a particular kind of wine you might have aged. Sure. <laughs> and until then, what's that got to do with my knob? Well, it's a neon light up knob that really burns <laughs> the shit out of me. So it's going to go back into the closet in this case. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> little flies come by and go <laughs> on its knob. Killer knob, killer I think I just created a new version of humorous um, um, bug zappers. <laughs> <laughs> now we make our millions. <laughs>